Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollack, cybersecurity attorney at Niles Barton and Wilmer. Very pleased to have you back. Obviously, keep those questions, comments coming. We got a lot of good ones from the previous kind of two or three podcasts. A lot of good discussion points. Call me at 443-381-3586 or email me at sspollock, that's P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K, at nilesbarton.com. Today, I'm really excited because we've got a wonderful guest, Sean Clifford from Berkshire Hathaway Specialty. Sean is the Vice President of Cyber and Tech Insurance for the Eastern Region, and he's going to be discussing a lot of uh, points about the complex world of underwriting, vendor vulnerability, and light of solar winds and the regulatory environment that we're seeing right now. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for being here. Let's jump right into it because I know you've got some insight and in-depth knowledge about the marketplace. Can you kind of talk about what you're seeing currently in the cyber insurance marketplace? For sure. So right now is a, a transitionary time in the cyber marketplace. And what you're seeing is you're seeing some uh, carriers really reassess their book and there's starting to be some adjustment on rate. And I think that's really the reason for that is a few things. So taking taking a step back, I think people have to realize that cyber is a relatively new product. Uh, it's been around for a little over 20 years now. And the problem that comes with that is really the lack of data associated with it. And, you know, insurance is primarily driven off historical actuarial data used to predict future events. And when it comes to cyber, not only do we have that lack of data, but the data we have has a shelf life. And really what I mean by that is take, you know, fire, data on fire from 20 years ago. That's always going to be helpful to a property insurance underwriter. But from a cyber standpoint, data on a cyber breach from 20 years ago really isn't very useful uh, to kind of predicting future events now. And that's going to have an impact on your pricing. You have a new product with lots of demand and lots of carriers entering this space. And all of this with loss experience that's really yet to develop. And over the past four or five years, we had been seeing the pricing trending downward. And everyone really knew that all it was going to take was a big event or a systemic issue to cause a correction. And this year, I would say we really saw three of them. So first you had just COVID, you know, with everyone working from home and with what comes with that is with phishing attacks, there's just going to be more of them. And it's going to be more difficult to protect your network perimeter due to the uh, distributed nature of your workforce. And really, in general, the bad guys just see this as an opportunity, really. Employees may be a bit less focused when they're home, and that presents an opportunity for the bad guys. And then on top of that, the real topic, something everyone's uh, talking about, is ransomware attacks. You have the um, attacks are increasing. The, the frequency and the severity has go up. And I'm sure anyone reading this has seen the stats, but also the demand for the ransoms are increasing. And what's more troubling, I think, is the level of sophistication we're seeing with these hacks. Everyone was concerned, you know, in the past that the hacker was just some kid in their parents' basement, right? But now this is a profitable criminal business perpetrated by sophisticated nation states. Um, and then lastly, you know, a big topic is solar winds. Um, you know, for listeners that may not be aware, solar winds is a vendor that provides software to help manage networks and has a pretty large customer base, uh, specifically with a very large penetration into the Fortune 500. So a compromise of their network led to significant potential vulnerabilities for a large 
portion of their clients bases or their clients, which is uh, very concerning from an aggregation perspective. You make a lot of interesting points. and I mean, you touched on three big things that I completely agree with. First, you followed my rule of three, and I love three <laughs> points, three takeaways, whatever it is. So I can appreciate that. Second, you had a, a lot of talk about two words that you used uh, a bunch, new and developing. And I completely agree with that, especially when it comes to cyber, cyber insurance, cyber law, and the constant evolution and the lack of precedent creating confusion within the marketplace, within clients, companies, governments, which makes it a lot more complex and difficult to handle the problems that come up. And then finally, to that topic and what you just said with SolarWinds and the vulnerabilities of our vendors and how we've moved from one centralized office and one centralized kind of point of vulnerability to protect to all of a sudden hundreds or thousands, whatever the number of vendors that a companies have. So you, from the underwriting perspective, I would imagine this has to be pretty difficult to assess the risk and underwrite. You know, in light of solar winds, how are you approaching underwriting the vendor vulnerability aspect? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You can't underwrite every vendor, right? Um, if I did that, realistically, I'd only be able to underwrite one account a year because I'd be so focused trying to unwind all, all those vendor relationships. So I think what we as underwriters try to do is underwrite how the client underwrites. And what I mean by that is we look more towards their vendor procurement and onboarding procedures, um, what they do to vet the third parties before giving them access to their network or trusting them with their client's data. I think what's tough here is SolarWinds was able to meet all those requirements that our insureds had imposed on, uh, on SolarWinds uh, to have access to their systems. So even when you do have adequate vetting procedures, that doesn't guarantee you won't have an incident due to one of your vendors just being breached. So I think the natural next thing to do is take it a step further and underwrite your insured's incidents response process and how they detect and most importantly respond to incidents. The reality of things is events like this are going to happen. And underwriters, you know, we want to get comfort knowing when things go sideways that you have the appropriate protocols in place. You have the appropriate relationships with vendors that when it does happen, you can initiate your game plan and minimize the impact. And one thing that I actually think is in all the negative that's come out of SolarWinds is as an insured, when you're you know meeting with your carriers and telling your story, I think you can use SolarWinds to demonstrate to the underwriters how you were able to respond to the incident and isolate you know any impacted assets you may have had in your network. I think this way, so if my insured was able to tell me, you know, hey, we found everything and we shut it down within a few hours, to me, that paints a good picture of when this thing does happen. One, you already addressed it well, and two, you kind of have that muscle memory for when it does happen again, you know, this isn't going to be a new routine for you and you'll be able to go through it again. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And it's all to me about the preparation. You know, the more you're prepared, the more you can respond proactively, and then the more you can show the insurer. I, you know, such as yourself, that, hey, we actually did these steps. We tried to do the best that we could, even when we're talking about a large-scale enterprise to the SMEs. You know, the, as we've always discussed, and you and I have talked about uh, before the podcast, hackers don't discriminate. You know, they don't care if it's large or small. But having that preparation in place to being able to respond, I think, is such a crucial element. Uh, going back to solar winds, though, and turning more specifically to the regular 
regulatory environment. What are you seeing is going to be coming out of solar winds or just in general in terms of penalties and fines and within the regulatory environment? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great question. And I think the regulatory aspect of all this has just kind of got lost in the shuffle because, like I said, there was three major things that impacted everyone this year with, you know, COVID, ransomware, and solar winds. But I think the fact that regulatory isn't getting as much attention, uh, you know, could be a concern. And what's interesting is cyber insurance is unique in that it's one of the few lines of insurance in this space that covers regulatory fines and penalties. And the coverage has been broadening not only to cover, you know, the fine arising from a hack of your network, but now covering business practices on how an insured collects and processes data along with their disclosures surrounding those activities. And that's a significant broadening of coverage in my eyes. You know, I can I can underwrite to the security of your network and you know what you're doing to be prepared, but getting comfort on how the insured ensures compliance with various statutes and regulations, that's a separate issue entirely. And you know, and just with meeting with these insureds, it's I've been seeing that it's already been a challenge for them to feel confident that they're compliant with these two new bigger regulations with your GDPR and CCPA. And those are just the first of many of what's going to be a patchwork of laws. So compliance is going to be a bit of a moving target for the foreseeable future. Now, you combine all that with the fact that consumer sentiment towards big tech and data collection in the U.S., it's, it's pretty negative right now. You know, you got documentaries like The Social Dilemma on Netflix, which are opening consumers' eyes just on how much data is really out there. So I think you're really left with a perfect storm. You have consumers and your customers who are angry, new laws giving them an avenue to bring a claim, a plaintiff's bar who are going to test the limits of the law, and companies that really, despite their best efforts, are going to struggle at first to be compliant with all these new laws just as they get up to speed and as they develop and as the laws are tested. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of the laws coming out, what you said is definitely spot on. You know, the CCPA and the GDPR, we just saw Virginia is in their final stages of passing a CCPA-like law and actually lowering the threshold to qualify for that law. And then in terms of the interpretation of the law, it's going to be hard, I think, for judges and juries to really wrap their head around this. And you're right, it's the sentiment towards big tech and data collection is going to slant against defendants or against companies and in favor of plaintiffs, which is going to create a uh, an interesting regulatory environment, to say the least. Um, last question, same question I kind of ask every guest that comes on, because you have a lot of good points today, a lot of things to unpack. If you could pick one thing, one thing that the audience can take away from this, what would it be? Yeah, I think my big takeaway would be just that cyber is constantly evolving. And, you know, while rates are adjusting and whatnot, they need to adjust to be a sustainable product. And, you know, us at Berkshire, you know, and and for the rest of the market, we want to work with our insureds, but it's definitely an evolving process. And I think, you know, there'll be some growing pains, but we're working towards providing more sustainable solutions and to make this, you know, something that can go on long-term for sure. That's wonderful. And uh, Sean, I really appreciate your time and coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. And uh, thank you all again to the listeners. This is the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. Call me with questions, comments, email me, 443-381-3586, or email me, sspollock at nilesbarton.com. And I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day or night or morning.